0: On this episode of the Defense Scoop Podcast, continuing the Air Force's modernization journey amid a CIO transition, and success stories from the past three years in the department. It's Friday, March 31st, 2023. Welcome to the Defense Scoop Podcast, where you'll hear the latest about what's going on across the defense technology landscape. I'm the host of the Defense Scoop Podcast, Billy Mitchell. Here's what's happening now. The Department of Defense is beginning to issue task orders for its joint warfighting cloud capability. According to Defense Information Systems Agency Director Lieutenant General Robert Skinner, the first task order was issued last week, and many others are working through the process. The Pentagon awarded spots on its enterprise cloud contract to Google, Oracle, Microsoft, and AWS last December. Last Friday, each of those awardees was issued the task order to kick off JWCC work, creating a sandbox environment for DoD to test their services. The DoD is also working to define the scope of a newly created position to oversee cyberspace. In last year's defense policy bill, Congress created a new assistant secretary of defense for cyber policy to be in charge of overall supervision of policy for the Department of Defense's cybersecurity. The Pentagon has commissioned a study regarding what the role will look like, and that study is expected to wrap up in September. The Directorate for Digital Services is rolling out a new website to complement its Hack the Pentagon program and attract new cyber talent. The Bug Bounty program leverages white hat hackers for finding and reporting vulnerabilities in the department's public-facing digital systems. Since 2016, the program has flagged more than 2,100 vulnerabilities for remediation. You can read more about these stories and more at DefenseScoop.com. Air Force Chief Information Officer Lauren Knossenberger will be stepping down from her role in June, after almost three years at the helm and six years at the department. Throughout her time as CIO, Knossenberger has been a vocal proponent of digital transformation and IT modernization in support of airmen. Knossenberger joined me to discuss how she came to her decision, the momentum she hopes to continue with her successor, and her biggest accomplishments in the role. So, Lauren, let's start with the big and obvious question on your departure. How did you come to that decision that it's time to leave the Air Force?
1: I I think even from day one, I said, hey, I'm not going to not going to stick around forever. Um, And really, I I think I've shared kind of my origin story uh, a couple of times that I, I joined the department by accident. And then just as I was going to head back out to industry, I was asked to put my name in the hat for the CIO and just quipped at the time that if the Air Force was crazy enough to choose me, that I had to do it and I had to give it my all. And, um, you know, so I I took it at the time because, um, you know, I, I thought the department really did want to um, to change and to have someone that would... Um, push for radical transformation and calculate risk differently and um, and really just um, elevate the office of the CIO to a true transformational partner. And um, it has been an incredibly fun ride. Um, and, you know, I think through where we are in the roadmap, and we've accomplished a lot of really great things. And where we're headed next, um, we have set up fiscal year 24, um, starting in October, to be an incredible year for cyber and IT. We are well over our skis and planning some really exciting things. And when that happens, I think we do need to have a CIO that is ready for another three years and who is coming in with really fresh energy and ready to just, you know, absolutely crush it with that um, with that investment and that that influx of capital. And uh, really, I'm coming up on my three-year mark, and um, actually, I'm the longest-serving CIO in quite a while, yeah. um, and, and that, that typically is about the shelf life of a CIO um, in the Department of Defense, um, because you, you do want to make sure that you're, you're starting with fresh energy, and, and eventually, you want to build something um, and know that you're at a place where you've built something that lasts even beyond you. And I I kind of always had in my mind that my exit criteria would include um, a time when I felt that there were some obvious folks and obvious team that I could hand that baton to and that I would know that some really great structures were in place, some really great irreversible momentum was in place on a lot of fronts. And that's absolutely now. I feel so comfortable um, being able to kind of fly off uh, into the horizon um, because we have an incredible team in place, the resource picture is in place, the plans are in place. Um, this team is gonna crush it. Um, and you know, I have a couple more things I want to get done before I head out the door, but it it is a it is a really exciting time. And on the selfish side, um, I really I am missing my kids. And uh, I know you're a parent too. um, And uh, one thing that I think I have uh, going really well for me is that when I asked my kids, you know, I've I've learned in the Air Force that leaving the Air Force is always a family decision, and family is such a huge part of the culture. It's something that is really beautiful, actually, about our, our Air and Space Forces. And when I asked my daughters, you know, hey, do you miss mommy? Are you seeing mommy enough? you know should i should i leave the air force so that i can spend a little more time with you um they they both said you know what mommy we do miss you but we're so proud of you and we love that you're doing awesome things for our country so don't leave for us but um so i thought that was really cute um so i'm doing something right um but um but yeah i get to spend some time with them my husband is going to take off um, the entire summer as well, so um, my big next thing that I'm going to to do when I punch is first I'm going to celebrate my mother's 70th birthday in Jamaica with my extended family, and then my, my husband and I are both going to take the summer off. We're going to run around Europe for about two and a half months with those two little girls. They're seven and nine now. Um, and so uh, you know, so there's there's definitely a family element there, and um, you know, a lot of people ask me or have asked me over time, like, "Geez, how do you how do you balance?" And uh, to me, I think balance is something that you do over kind of a curve of a career, over an arc. Um, there are times in your career that that you aren't able to, you know, be. Um, you know, as present as you would like, you have to hit those those high points. You know, dinner dinner is a mm-hmm. huge a huge one. Be there for dinner. Um, but um, there are there are times when you are diving into mission, and there are times when you have to you know dive into family. And I definitely need to have a little bit of a time where I dive into family, um, and then after not too long, um, you know, I'll be ready to uh, dive into a new mission uh, out in industry. And then I know probably if I were to predict five, 10 years, I'm going to miss this mission. Um, And this is the only place in the world that you can do this mission. Um, And so I would be absolutely not surprised if in five or 10 years you hear about me coming back into the DOD, the IC, or the national security space in some way, um, having had um, some fresh context from the commercial sector. And having been able to spend a little bit of time uh, with these little girls as they get toward middle school.
0: Well, Lauren, I'm thrilled for you to get back to that family time and spending time with your girls. And I think you alluded to this a bit, but nothing really lined up for your next step in your career.
1: So um, I do. I do love to work. <laughs> um and I, I do tend to have to have um, something that keeps my brain on mission. And I've had a number of folks after me for a little while um, to, uh, to try a variety of different um, avenues. So, um, so the opportunities that have been kind of there for a while are there. Um, I've had a lot of really interesting new opportunities pop up. And so, I am gonna give myself the space to have the conversations and really think about um, a wide variety of things because um, there there are a couple of really interesting things that came up that had not occurred to me um, and oftentimes it's the thing that did not occur to me that ends up being kind of that 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 door you know that that I really want to kind of um, look through. So I'm going to give myself uh, until the fall to really make a decision. Um, But I have been really excited about um, a pretty broad basket of of opportunities. So I I know I will not be bored come fall. Um, And uh, between my exit and uh, that new adventure, I am really looking forward to being able to focus 100% just on... On spending time with the family, and traveling, and probably eating all sorts of interesting food, um, because uh, th- those are pretty much the my three favorite things in life are are traveling, eating awesome food, and uh, spending time with my family. So, um, should be a, a pretty great summer.
0: Lauren, you mentioned some of your ambitions and goals coming into the role about driving innovation and elevating the office and things of that nature, but I'm curious, what were some of the major moments or accomplishments that also fall under that, that you feel to define your tenure as CIO?
1: When I came into my last job as the chief transformation officer, I set a really low bar. Um, it, It was kind of funny. I was asking folks if I should even take the job in the first place. And as I was going through uh, the initial, you know, talking about how I wanted to drive transformation across the Department of Defense, um, a lot of my colleagues immediately were like, oh, yeah, don't take that job, you know. Um, And then they would say, well, which service is it? And I would say, well, the Air Force. And then it's like, okay, all right, we maybe snowball's chance of, of driving transformation in the Air Force. Yeah, you should totally go for it. And um and it was kind of funny, I, I came in with the with the thought that if I could do 10% of the things that I wanted to do in that job, um, and that was the first time I was had ever set foot into the Pentagon, of course. And in that job, I feel like I got so much more than 10% done than I wanted to get done. And the only reason I set the bar so low is because, you know, if you've been around DOD for a long time and I've been around the national security space for a while, there are all sorts of just really bizarre things that happen um, that that cause headwinds on initiatives. Um, and, and I think folks are very well aware of, um, you know, acquisition hurdles, um, cybersecurity accreditation, but it was so exciting to focus in on exactly where those pain points were. And I remember using an analogy about, hey, you know, we're going to light the fires of innovation. We don't want the rocket to go straight into a brick wall. You know, let's start, let's start breaking down some of these walls. I think coming in as CIO, I was like, yeah, we're gonna just take over the world, we're gonna solve it all. Um, which is funny. So, um, so I would say, you know, anything short of like uh, you know, fixing every problem in the Department of Defense, you know, I'd probably be disappointed. <laughs> um, but if I look at if I look back over the path of where we've come, we've done some pretty incredible things. And I remember um just being able to solve problems in my last job. You know, you could solve just about any problem in a point in time very fast, and you could see the impact right away. Part of why I wanted to do this job is because at some point, you're going to hit inconsistent infrastructure. You're going to hit some sort of enterprise problem that has not been solved. It's going to slow things down times a thousand different people that are trying to solve a problem. And so I think we've really, we've chipped away at some of those things. And some of those things, quite frankly, it's just, you know, we've made some really good progress, but it's going to take another few years before we really solve the problem at scale. And i'll I'll take you through just a couple of things that I'm really proud of. Um, so first, I'm really proud of this team and um, and I had to pretty much rebuild it from scratch. Um, when I came into the CIO organization, we had some we had some vacancies that had been there for a little while. Um, and I, you know, I have an incredible team built around me. Um, Winston Beauchamp, my deputy, uh, Venus Goodwine, my director of enterprise IT, Aaron Bishop, my CISO, Colt Whittall is the chief experience officer, Jay Bonsi is the chief technology officer. Um, it it really has become a powerhouse team. So getting that team in place and getting everybody uh, really rowing together, that's huge. Um, we've made some pretty incredible partnerships across the organization as well um, with our, our lead command, um, with our PEOs, um, with our other headquarters components um, you know, that work in the cyber and IT space. So that that in itself is, is pretty big. Um, setting ourselves up for um, an influx of cash in 24 to really make the investments that we absolutely have to make as a department that's you know that's a that's a two or three year effort to really set up that resource picture and it's there, um, releasing the roadmaps and the strategy and doing it in a way that very clearly conveys our vision and lays out the strategy of where we're headed, um, and and does it across you know all elements of the war fighting domain, um, and then releasing the roadmaps that provide specificity you know exactly what are we doing this and when and how can industry help? I think that's been very, very powerful. Um, and we'll see if we get ITAS uh, executing before uh, before I walk out the door. Um, we have a shot in April, you know, we'll see. Um, but that's huge too, getting all of the groundwork in place so that we can completely get out of the desktop business just really, really easily provision hardware and software through a central modern IT store, having one standard IT service management approach, one standard workflow, um, basically taking out the noise of just about everything that we do in the digital domain, that is going to be huge. Um, and that's something that I'll be excited to see it if I'm still on the field with the team, it's something I'll be really excited about if I'm eating popcorn, you know, watching the home game. And then um, we've had a lot of really great things on the digital transformation side. Um, And if I go back um, between kind of coming into the department in 2017 to now, um, launching Digital U from being a startup to now 25,000 daily users, being something that we talk about in rooms with secretary as a way to democratize access to that education and how using it to help even with job placements and to figure out who we need for critical mission and to know how we should incentivize certain skills. um, That has been huge. Seeing Kessel Run and Platform One scale the way that they have and with, uh, with Platform One developing Big Bang and Iron Bank, um you know the dod's largest kubernetes um implementation um and and having um many many organizations over 40 peos over 11 external agencies one global bank leveraging our containers and leveraging our infrastructure as code that is huge um also cloud one, we're up to over 140 hosted systems. We have significantly improved our velocity of moving things to the cloud over the past year. And that's been through a lot of great partnership with Amazon and Microsoft, Google. Um, that has been pretty big too. Um, Spark Tank, still going strong. I got to see it in its sixth year. Um, the winner was a project that will help us to avoid digging in the wrong place and you know taking out pipes and Com infrastructure, um, and it's still fun, and it's still bringing airman ideas to life, and it's investing actually more um, in all of the projects on the stage, as well as just getting some innovative initiatives done across the department. Um, and robotic process automation. We're up to something like 50,000 saved man hours last I looked, um, and uh, over a thousand personnel trained in how to use RPA technology to advance their mission. Um, so those are those are a couple of the things kind of in the digital transformation realm. If I look at kind of the mission space, like what are the most impactful? Um, we all saw how quickly the Russia-Ukraine situation escalated. And one of the things that I'm most proud of is about a year before all that happened, we noticed that we were just not ready in uh, in, in Europe. We were not ready in USAFE from a IT infrastructure perspective, from a data sources perspective. And we went out and we proactively worked with General Herigian, who was the commander at the time. And we made sure that that theater was ready for low latency, high throughput operations. We we fused new data sources that had never been fused. Um, We looked at new mission use cases and accelerating that kill chain. And all of that work that we did about a year before the invasion, um, that all made it so that we could move so much faster once um, you know, once Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, and so that was incredible to see, being able to repeat some of those lessons in PACAF and deploy the integrated warfighting network. And now I may get to see before I leave our, our real MVP um, to show what a resilient and reliable comm structure looks like all the way across the Pacific, how that ties into zero trust and our data mesh um, and our, our global cloud platform. So, I am I'm very excited to see how far we have come. I'm very excited for the part that I've played in all of that and, um, and for all of the incredible people that I've been able to work with along the way as we've driven this journey together.
0: Wow, that's a that's a lot. I'll give you a second to catch your breath because that was that was quite a lot. But uh, you, you mentioned and have been mentioning for a while this large influx of funding that's going to come in twenty twenty four, and I'm curious how that will signal what the priorities should be uh, for whoever next comes to this role.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, so first the. The priorities of the next CIO will very likely follow the established CIO strategy and POM that the entire community has put together um, thus far. Um, That that funding, if everything goes through um, as we expected to, will largely be investing in zero trust and eliminating tech debt. Um, And all of that really underpins uh, getting ready for a fight with a peer competitor being able to fight together with our joint partners and our allies in a seamless way in one war fighting environment where we can move data from anywhere to anywhere, all of that really comes together in that EIT roadmap. Um, and we've had hundreds of our best tech talent working together on how we manage the timing and sequencing of that effort so that when that cache hits in October, um, that we have a really great plan in place and that we can really execute it to drive the mission value that we expect to drive. And so that will be that will be huge. Um, driving through those the the five year plan that we've all established together. Um, operationalizing UX, that is going to continue to be a huge priority now, not just for the Department of Air Force, but the Department of Defense and the DEP SEC DEF. Um, are very interested in taking the model that we have put in place in the Air Force and driving it across the department. So being able to see ourselves very clearly across all of the services on how is our throughput? How is our latency? How fast can we move data? Where are we getting manual process in the way? Where are we not meeting the needs of our warfighter um, because of the way that perhaps we've designed software? Um, And so um, that will continue to definitely be uh, a priority. Um and the only thing I, I think uh whoever comes in, they're 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 set up for success, which is good. Um, but the one thing that um that I would probably say that's not obvious, um, well, I mean, I guess I talked about it last year at Dafitic, but the the blocking and tackling and the way that we operate and making sure that um that we have folks focused on that, um, that's the really hard part because we can have you know, we in the CIO shop, we can have like a great vision and strategy and funded plan all day long, but the TTPs matter. Um, the way that we operate every day matters. We have to have really good metrics in place to to see how we're how we're operating and to to hold ourselves accountable. Um, and sometimes it's you know the silly little things that get you you know through through a thousand paper cuts. And so. Whenever you can eliminate some of those silly little things and the noise among the big initiatives, a lot of times they pay much bigger dividends than you expect them to.
0: As we close out, you've mentioned now a couple of things you hope to see occur in these last few weeks and months as CIO. You mentioned ITAS, among other things. But is there anything else you hope to get done or you want to make sure you get to personally see through as you're still CIO until June?
1: Sure. So I, I mentioned the the PACF effort. That's a big one but a lot of the other things that I really wanna get done by June, they're things that have been in progress for a little while and they totally qualify in that category of the little thing that makes the huge impact. And so one that's almost over the line is simplifying our computer images and being able to centrally manage those. That is something that is, uh, it's part of our ITAS Wave 1 scope, but we decided, okay, um, we've been waiting for, for this to get through protest for a while. We're going to push it out and we'll hand it to the vendor. So I want to I want to get us on that one image. We're pretty close and be able to uh, manage those images in a central way. Um, that will make a huge difference to user experience. And it'll take away some of those thousands of paper cuts uh, for our comm focal points that are bases. Um, so that'll be really big. Um, we've done a lot of work to simplify automated patching. I want to really take that to the next level and get through some of our uh, PEO uh, barriers uh, in in some of our our weapon systems that are kind of um, cordoned off in a way. I want to be able to get automated patching to more of those systems. And uh, we've been making some really good progress there. Um, I want to... Uh, get ready to scale our virtual desktop capability, maybe even get that out as an enterprise offering before June, we've got a pretty good chance of doing that. And I want to launch that enterprise IT service management capability. Um, Those last two things are part of the scope of ITAS Wave 1. Um, But we are, as an operational community, we've made the decision, let's get moving on this. We're not gonna wait. um, And hopefully we'll be able to execute ITAS Wave 1 soon, Um, but we will have done a lot of the work and be able to hand it over to the vendor. Um, And so those are things that add up to fixing a lot of kind of basic building blocks of business. Um, they're really hard to do in an enterprise of this scale, but we're really close. Um, and so hopefully I'll get to, you know, kind of do the touchdown dance with the team before I run
0: out the door. Lauren, it's always a pleasure chatting with you and, uh, we've covered a lot today, but you know, as we do close out, is there anything, you know, any final message, any final thought you have that you'd like to share, uh, before we go?
1: There are so many things um, that have that have stood out over the past couple of years. It's been such an incredible journey. And I think if anyone has not had the opportunity to serve and you think that you have something to offer the mission, find a way to serve, even if it's for a period of time. Um this has enriched my life in so many ways that I, I probably can't even explain on a podcast. Um, but it's, it's been such a journey and we've talked a lot about, um, kind of accomplishments in the job, but I want to share just a couple of the people side fun things, um, that really stood out, um, anytime being out with airmen, um, and guardians, um, just the people that are out fighting the fight every day are so incredibly impressive and passionate and, um, just inspiring to me in every way. And I've gotten to go out and um, spend some time learning about a wide swath of mission. I've also gotten to, you know, be be in the mission a few times. Um, you know, I got to fly a U-2. That was absolutely amazing. Um, I also learned uh, how to play crud, which is a big part of uh, of Air Force culture. Um, that was so much fun out in U-Safi, um, getting to just spend time at um you know, at the club with with some of the airmen, and and really see uh, what life is like serving overseas. Um, when you get a moment to just share with the the camaraderie and the family time, um, my uh, exec and I, uh, John Guerrero, we got to uh, visit uh, most of the bases across the Pacific, and um, you know you hear about the tyranny of distance. Um, I, I at least, learned a lot about just how big that theater really is and about the diversity of the missions and the challenges. Um, That was so incredible. Um, Have had a really wonderful time getting to know our allies. Um, We are really serious about our allied partnerships around the world and some of the relationships that we have, um, you know, with the Royal Air Force, for instance, the Five Eyes. here in the in the building, getting to spend time with our, our German and French liaisons um, and our Japanese liaisons. Um, that has been just really wonderful time too to see how much we go all in on, you know, this is this is a, a global uh partnership and we all are are kind of fighting for the same things. I remember in the in the early days too um, A, I had to learn a completely different language coming in the door, that was always very entertaining. Um, some of the acronyms get pretty out of hand sometimes, um, as folks around the DoD have noticed. Um, and I, I really, really loved spending time uh, with the developers I remember back to the first um, DevSecOps Summit that we had in Colorado. Um, I'd gotten, uh, Nick had just started, you know, so so he came along and we got really the, the big players in the development community to come together to talk about what would this future place be. Um, actually, I actually made Nick buy a, a pair of jeans and sneakers, uh, he, uh, which, which was entertaining to all. Um, but we, uh, you know, we went on a hike and, and kind of really brought the community together. But that time being out with airmen um, is what has always given me energy. And, you know, so every day that I'm here at the Pentagon, you know, I'm keeping the airmen in the back of my mind that they're the guys out there fighting. You know, they're the guys that I'm supporting. But what I will say, too, is we have a lot of really incredible people here in the Beltway, um, in our defense industrial base, and in the building that have served this mission for 20 years, 30 years, and are really the bedrock um, that keep things going and that, and that make sure that our department of defense is the strong department of defense as it is. And so I have been so impressed with, you know, with our career civilians, um, with our career officers and our enlisted leaders. Um, it has just been such a fantastic family to be part of. Um, and, uh, you know, and folks, you know, I, even though i just came in 6 years ago and you know i i joke that i'm you know retiring even though i'm you know i'm a little young to retire really mm-hmm. you know folks are reminding me you know this is a family don't go too far you know you, you're always welcome in the family um and it's been it's been really wonderful and so you know i do look out in the future um 5 to 10 years about maybe what does it look like to come back and serve on the other end of some industry context and i've actually been really enjoying um folks have been sharing with me um kind of ideas for hey you know this would be a really great problem set to go after next um and also sharing really interesting ideas for um for what I should go do in the private sector too and I'm, i've really enjoyed the discussions um and uh, i'm very excited to go solve a new set of problems and and drive a new set of impact um and i think that um this time being able to serve in the DOD, like prior time in the IC, um, I think it's something that everyone should do if they can. Um, and uh, you know, and even if folks decide that they don't want to serve, um, you know, spending a little time with with your military and understanding what it is to serve and and what we're all fighting for, um, I think it is it's really healthy and it's wonderful for everyone um, and really everyone in our country. Has something to bring for upholding democracy and ensuring that we have that, that competitive advantage. Um, so it's been a wonderful ride, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next adventure.
0: Again, that was Air Force Chief Information Officer Lauren Knosenberger. You can learn more about her achievements as CIO of the Air Force at Defensescoop.com. The Defense SCOop podcast is available on all podcast platforms. If you've already rated the podcast on your platform of choice, thanks so much. High ratings and good reviews of the show help more people to find it. The Defense Scoop Podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. We'll talk to you again Friday, April 14th. Until then, I'm your host, Billy Mitchell. Thanks so much for listening.